It's good to see you again. It's good to see everybody, and uh, Happy New Year to you and your family. Uh, Don and I were able to get away for a couple of weeks and get back to Kentucky and then back to St. Louis and then back here, so uh, God has blessed us richly and couldn't wait for the today to get back with my church family and worship with you. Again, thank you all for being here. All right, 2020 is here. Not much we can do about it except embrace it and do something with it. What do we plan to do with it is the question, isn't it? It is for all of us as we move into this new decade, actually, and this new year in our lives, and we all, I suppose, want something. What is it that we want is the question, I suppose, for pretty much what we want is what we will pursue, and what we pursue is normally what we end up with. And so the challenge for us this year will be to be what God wants us to be in this year. Um... As we start off, let me share this one with you. Bill called his parents to wish them a happy new year. He talked to his dad first, and he said, Dad, what's your new year's resolution? The father said, well, that's simple. He said, to make your mother happy as throughout the year, all year long. Well, that's good, Dad. Mom got on the phone, and he said, Mom, what's your new year's resolution? She said, well, that's simple. It's to see that your dad keeps his new year's resolution all year long. So once again, Happy New Year. I do believe that God has a plan for us, not only because I can read in the Old Testament, Jeremiah 29, 11, but I do believe that God has a plan and actually something new for us. Isn't it interesting that God would have something new for us, new for me, something new this year? There's a reason why God has you here. There's a reason why God has you right here in this place today. You may not know what it is. Maybe a friend brought you, or maybe you just decided, well, it's the first of the year. Might as well go ahead and give this thing another chance. Or maybe you're here because it's out of habit, that you just come on Sunday. Or maybe it is because you're dedicated. You're the one that has just decided this is where we're going to be, and we're here, and we worship God on Sunday. All facets come to church. There is no doubt. But I do believe that God has a new thing for us. The question is, do we see it? Do we desire it? Do we long for it in our lives? Do we really truly want what God has for us in this year since it's upon us? Do we? While on vacation, I was doing some reading, of course, and, and different scriptures will come up, and, and I'll look at those, and, and if God lays one on my heart, I'll just jot it down and put it in my phone and saying, hey, get to this one a little bit later for some reason. I found another group of verses that I found was my favorite ones for a few days anyway, until I moved to a next group. God does that. If you'll just read His Word, it comes alive. And if it doesn't speak to you, keep reading. You'll find one that speaks to you loud and clear, and just embrace that one for the day. Can I hear an amen? Amen. The question is, are you reading His Word? But nonetheless, in this process, what I found fascinating is I wrote this one down and wanted to use it in my message for today. I have that app on my phone where it sends you a daily Bible read. And in that daily Bible read, I think it was Wednesday, it could have been Thursday, but I believe it was Wednesday, it popped up and this was the verse was on there. It was like, oh, okay, God, you're saying something here. And I just embraced it so much. But this morning, I want to read that to you from a different translation. Now, many of you use the NIV or the New King James, King James, whatever it might be. This really doesn't change a whole lot um, in that wording, this translation. Although it is a paraphrase, 
I do like what it has to say, especially for us beginning of the new year. So read it in the one you like, but the one I'm going to read this morning is from the Message Translation. Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 21, as you can see there on the screen, this is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean, who carves a path through the pounding waves, the God who summons the horses and the chariots and armies, they lie down and they can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over the old history. Be alert, be present. I have that message from years ago, be alert and be present. It's really important. And I'm going to come back to that maybe in a few weeks. But hang on to that because that's one that's really important throughout your new year, to be, uh, to be present and be alert. Well, God's got you here. Now you've got to be alert. Remember what I always told you my mom said, pay attention today, son, you might learn something. There were a lot of days that I didn't learn anything, and the reason why, because I didn't pay attention. So here he says, be alert and be present. I'm about to do something brand new. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Now watch this. He says, it's bursting out. Don't you see it? It must mean we have to see something. It's to be able to see something about to take place, something about to take place in your life, something that's brand new. Don't you see it? Every day. Every day that the Lord gives you and I, every single day, is not by chance. It's by God's design. I promise you, if it wasn't, you wouldn't be here this morning. Our days are numbered. Scripture teaches that over and over again. But it is by design that you are here this day, this year, at this time this moment. And I don't know about you, but I often fail in finding out or shining in those moments that God has given me. There are days or weeks or even months that I've looked back on my life and if I would have marked it on a calendar, I could have checked off a whole month that I didn't shine for the Lord. I'm not happy about that. I'm not proud about that. I ask God to forgive me of that. But you know what? I don't want to miss another one. I don't want to miss one more day that God has given me that I don't first give Him glory and praise and find out what it is that God has for me to do today because He has something for me to do today. Can I hear an amen? Amen. All right. I want 2020 for all of us, you individually, but for all of us to be a fruitful year. I want it to be a year in which we bear much fruit To bear fruit means simply that you have evidence that something's happened in your life. I want that to be for us, together, not only individually, but as a group and as a church. I want this to be the year that we burst with fruit for the Lord. In Scripture, Matthew 7, 16, by their fruit you will recognize them. How much fruit is hanging off you today? There are years when certain fruit trees or trees will not bear. It's a non-bearing year, we call it. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, you miss those pecans, don't you? Sure you do. Well, in our seasons of our lives as Christians, I think there's non-bearing years. That's on us. It's not on God. God would have us to bear fruit every single year of our lives. That's why He's left us here. By this, they will know all of those things. Will the world recognize that God has done a brand new thing in us in 2020? Will someone throughout this year say, I see something different in you. There's something's changed about you. I can see that this is happening in your life. My goodness, how God has blessed you. 
and in that process, giving Him glory and praise. It's another one I jotted down for this coming year, is to give God glory. Man, I just couldn't help but write. I had to pull off the road and, and write this out real quick. And when God speaks, you need to listen. But sometimes I, you know, I just don't, can't retain. I mean, they're really good. I have some of my best messages between here and Oklahoma City. So when you're going to Oklahoma City and you're bored, roll down your window and just listen. You might get one. So I've learned to just pull off and actually jot them down. Because if God gives them to me, I don't want to miss them. And I don't want to miss this day because God's given me this day. I believe the key, this, this sounds like a John Maxwell. I don't know if it is or not. Don't know, it, it sounds like him, but I'm going to share it with you today. I believe that the key to your future success is hidden in your daily approach of life. I'm going to say that again. I believe that the success of your future lies in your daily approach of what you're doing today. What you did yesterday, you're here with today. What you do today, you'll be in tomorrow. If God gives you tomorrow, it'll be there connected to you. And what you do today is important for you to bear fruit for the Lord today. Are you bearing fruit is the question. So, having said that, I want to give you four simple things. And hang on, Jim. I want to give you four simple things, but I'm only going to give you two this week. A couple side notes, probably three, four, and five. But anyway, I want to give you two this week and two next week. I want to break it down, try to make it simple for me, I guess. And in that process, I want to give you two this week, simple things that you can do every day to get started on making this a brand new year, a brand new year that you produce fruit. One that you can know that if you'll do these steps every single day, something new is going to happen. Do you see it? Do you see it is the question. A good friend of mine that I miss very much that I'll never hear him say again on planet earth used to say, people do what they want to do. I will promise you, you're doing exactly what you want to do in life. You say, no, no, I want to do this. If you did, you'd be doing it or you'd be pursuing it. So we do what we want to do. So in this year, 2020, and that's great. Now, I've got a theme fixed up for us I'm, I'm working on. Hopefully, uh, introduce that sometime in February after the Arise. We're really focused on that, and it's going to be a great thing too. But in 2020, what do you want to do with your spiritual life is a question I have for you. What do you want to do with your spiritual life in 2020? There are things that you want to happen in your life, no doubt. You want your finances. You want to get a raise or something at work. You want to get a better job. You want things to be better with the family. You want things this to happen. You want this to be. You want to get better grades. You want to do this. You want to graduate. Whatever it is, you want something. But what do you want for your life spiritually in 2020? Why is that important? It's important because if you don't have a plan for your spiritual life, you will only become weaker as the years go by. That's why pews become empty, my friend. There's no plan for spiritual growth. If you plan for spiritual growth, you will grow. But you must plan for it. Some do plan for it. Others just play it by ear. Playing it by ear means simply you have no plan. There is no plan. Do you have a plan to grow spiritually? Or are you just dragging what you drug out of last year into this year? It's totally left up to you. While on the vacation there at our daughter's in St. Louis, 
I like to get up early and watch the, she lives in a wooded area, and I like to watch the squirrels and the birds and all those things and drink my coffee while there's no noise in the house and spend some time with God and thinking. And When I was doing that one morning, I looked over, my, my daughter's really organized in certain things with her family important. They have five children and uh, three of them are still in grade school. So they're very active. And those of you that have families, you understand what I'm talking about. Just here, there, every day. It's just something, isn't it? Can I have an amen? amen? It is. And so what my daughter does is she gets this, she has this pretty large uh, monthly calendar. And she writes out, and every month she sits down and puts out all the things that are going on. And, for, and, every, and almost it seemed almost every single day on that calendar had something written on it. And I started looking at them at Douglas, ball game, 6.30, uh, Henry, soccer practice, 4.30, Reagan, dance at 6.30, and uh, Lily, we went to one of our tournaments while we were there, and, and tournament this weekend. All those things listed, and perhaps you do that as well. And I thought, my goodness, this family is busy, busy, busy. But then I noticed something that made me so proud. I haven't even told her yet. Is that on every Sunday of that monthly calendar, it simply said, church, 10 o'clock. She had planned on it. What do you plan for Sundays? Oh, if we're going to be here, if we're here, we're here, we're not, we're not, it's okay. Or do you actually plan? There's enough things that come along in our, our busy schedules, but there's enough things that come along in life. You might be on vacation or you might be sick, and so there may be a Sunday you have to miss. But, you know, I think it's sad if we have scheduled something on Sunday purposely that we didn't have to. Why is this important? I tell you it's important because what are you teaching your children is valuable for their life. If you'll come on Wednesday night, starting this Wednesday night, we're going to be studying from the book of Judges, and you're going to discover real quick, man, I'm not an expert on Judges, trust me. But nonetheless, you're going to discover real quick how fast one generation can really mess things up. And the reason why they do is because they forget. They don't plan room for God. Just a side note. Let's get going here. First thing, this one, these are elementary, and I am elementary, and that's okay. That's who you hired. Elementary a long time ago, and I'm still not graduated. Here we go. Number one, put one foot in front of the other. Oh, that sounds great. If you want a better year this year, you've got to put one foot in front of the other. It means that you have to move forward or plan on moving forward. If you take three steps forward and two steps back, you still... There's progress. That's what God wants for your life. There's enough two steps back, but today I'm going to take three steps forward just in case I do take two steps back. I'm making a plan. My dad used to walk through the house in the morning. He used to say, rise and shine. Anybody hear that? Rise and shine. I wanted to pull the cover over my head and go back to sleep when I was a kid. Rise and shine. You're going to miss the morning. I always thought somebody had to get the chickens up in the morning, and I believed it was my dad. 
Ephesians chapter 5 says that this is, wake up, sleeper. Wake up. Wake up. We say, wake up. Smell the roses. Smell the coffee. Wake up. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. If we wake up and if we're present, God longs to shine us. Isn't that good news? Sure it is. The first battle every day is a mind over mattress. It is, isn't it? I mean, some of you really like to sleep in. Somebody's saying, I'm sleeping right now, and you don't even know it. <laughs> don't hit the snooze button and miss out on what God has for you is what I'm saying there. Thank Him for giving you another day. I will tell you this morning, when I woke up, that alarm clock went off. I, rarely does the clock ever go off that I'm not up before. Rarely does that happen. But this morning it did because I, at most, got three hours of sleep last night. When I jumped out of the bed and I, I, I yelled at my wife, but I didn't yell at her. I yelled toward her. That's better. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because it went off. Hers is said about an hour later. And the first thing I thought of was, God, thank you for today because of what yesterday was. I was thanking him for today, for my family and my church family, and I know it'll be all right today. Just strain for one more day. He got me up for a reason. And right now, that reason, I think, is to stand before you and tell you that if you put one foot in front of the other, every time, every day, God will bless you if you work toward Him. There's a reason why God has given you this day. There are 1,440 minutes in every single day. You can't add one minute, not one. And what you do with those minutes every day is totally left up to you. I have wasted a lot of minutes. Anybody watch a ball game yesterday? Anybody sit in front of the TV for three, four hours? Sit in front of a screen for three or four hours? How many minutes? You can't bring them back, can you? You choose what you do with those minutes every day. But if you think of it like this, each of those days, 1,440 minutes, cannot be carried over. They can only be used today. You can't carry them over to tomorrow. Oh, when you get old like me, you wish you would have had a few of those back. But you can't do it. You cannot turn time back. And so today is the day. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Give me an amen. The God who designed your body to need rest and restored itself is the same God who is waiting for you to get up every morning. I think that's fascinating. Think about this. You know, when you were a kid or you have children or grandchildren, say for Christmas, we've just passed and the kids are anxious. They're up. They're ready. They're, they're just standing at the bedside waiting for mom and daddy. Well, open your eye, open your eye, open your eye. Aren't they? Did you ever think about God? The scripture says that God sings over his children. And while you're there resting and you're in that REM sleep or whatever, and that first peak of the eye, perhaps he's saying, well, good morning. Rise and shine. Isn't that awesome? Oh, God's too busy to do that. God's got more important things to do. God knows every hair on your head and the ones you left on the pillow last night. God is not too busy for his children. 
And he longs for us to get up in the morning and do something and be something that he has called us to be. The world God has created is here for a reason. And the people you come in contact with are also here for a reason. If you don't get out there, and you may miss out on what God wants for them. If, if we're warriors in his kingdom, perhaps there's someone that needs to be touched that's assigned to you, even today assigned to you. Imagine that. Imagine that they are going to miss out on something because you didn't say or go something. I truly find that fascinating. There are people in this room that have changed my life just by passing. If I wouldn't have been present that day, we'd have missed everything. Missed a relationship, friendship that had been built. Would have just missed that. If I wouldn't have made the phone call, I would have missed being a part of this great family in Western Hills. And I tell my wife a lot, I am sure glad you didn't miss school on the day you saw me the first time. I skipped a lot of classes in school. I shouldn't tell your teenagers that, but first hour especially, but I got a whipping for it. It was worth it. But I'm sure glad I wasn't absent the day she noticed me. As a child of God, you are called to stand out and shine, not to blend in. He says, we're this city on a hill. We're not this light under a basket. It's for all to see. Is the world seeing anything of you that is different than the world? Well, if you were in a lineup, would someone pick you out? That's a Christian. There's no doubt they're a Christian. Or would they say, mm, is it number four? No, number five. I think number seven might be. I often wonder that about me sometimes as well, to think about that. If you want a better year, I challenge you to move forward every day and do something for the Lord. My motto has been for many, many years, uh, probably 30 years now, is do something. <laughs> Just do something. Do something good until you do something better, but do something. Be a part of something. Let me ask you this. I would say, basically, that almost every day you ask God to do something for you. Is that about right? That every day you probably ask God to do something for you. I know I do. Because he tells me that I can. So, but did you ever think that God might be asking you to do something for him? So the next time you're in your prayer and you're asking God to do something for you, don't forget to say, God, help me see what it is that you want me to do for you today. Because he might reveal it really clearly, and I pray that he does. Lamentations 3 says, there's a song we sing, actually. We don't look at the first part in the song, but we look at the last part. And you see it there on the screen. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Stop. We should be consumed because we are sinners. We all fall short. Romans. 
And, and, and we should have to pay that ultimate price. But because of His great love for us, we are not consumed and we should all shout, Hallelujah! But because of His great love for us, we're not consumed. For His compassions never fail. Amen? Amen? One more? Very good. He's not hard of hearing, but I am. They are new every morning. Every morning. They're new. God doesn't start with the old in the morning. He starts with the new. Great is your faithfulness, His faithfulness. It tells me there's something new every morning the Lord wants for me to do or be a part of today. Again, while on vacation... I was always the first one up, and I get up pretty early, and um, I, I, I like to just sit there and have my coffee and spend that time, as I mentioned earlier, but this is what fascinates me, and I love to do this, and I do it on purpose. I get out of bed real quick, because you know what I don't want to miss? Not only my time with God in the morning, but one by one at my daughter's house, I mean, it's, there's a bunch in there. And so one by one, it may be an hour and a half later, but one by one, they start piling out. One flops down on the couch. Oh! Another one comes in, jumps on the couch. Get off of me! You heard that, haven't you? But one by one, good morning, good morning. I got some coffee over there for you. Okay, thanks. I love you, love you too. One by one, all of a sudden, you start hearing this, this noise fill the house. And it begins and turns into joy and laughter and fun. I'm so glad I didn't stay in bed and miss it. I love that. You may not, but I do. I love to hear that. And it's probably because we're so far away from them that we don't get to hear it often. Maybe that's why Autumn sleeps in when we're there. <laughs> All I want to say here is praise God for the day. Praise God for the day and live life. It's precious. That will put happy in your life all year long. So get up, get doing something, rise and shine today. Number two. This one is this one is valuable. I'll talk about it throughout the year. There is no doubt. You hear me talk about it often. But it is, it is so important because it happens so often. Let stuff go that doesn't make you better. Let stuff go that doesn't make you better. You have a choice in 2020. New Year starting off. You have a choice you become more bitter or better. It's totally left up to you. So what's been holding on to you? Or what have you been holding on to? That you refuse to let go. That you know that you should. Because undoubted, undoubtedly in our lives, there's some things that if we did an evaluation, you, you, we want to list the five or six or maybe ten. Some of you are just really good, top 25. But you only get to 26 because you know 26 ain't looking too good in your life. 
So what is it that you're holding on to that you know that you should let go of? A relationship that is not honoring God? An attitude towards someone or a group of people? An empty bottle, perhaps? Anger, resentment, jealousy runs deep. And when those attach themselves to you, they stink. And people around you smell it. And you can choose to bring it into your new year if you choose to let it go. Something of last year that didn't like, you didn't like. You didn't like it last year. What makes you think you're going to like it this year? Huh? Really? Seriously? Well, that person hurt me and I don't care. You got a backpack on and all you keep doing is filing more and more and more and more on there. Other people see it in you. Are you going to carry it forward in 2020? You will, you will, you are, unless you choose to let it go. And you and only you are the one can let it go. Let it go. But you don't understand. I may not, but God does. But I'm hurt. Release it and watch God heal you. That's his promise to you. Give, your, give it to me, he's telling us, all through Scripture. Did you allow someone or something to steal your joy last year? The diagnosis, a hurt, somebody said something about you, wrongfully accused you, got the job that you should have got, got the raise that you wished that you would have got or thought you should have had instead. Those things happen in our lives. And when that happens, it steals our joy. So have you let something from last year steal your joy? Are you going to allow them to steal your joy this year is the question. You can't do one thing about last year. You're not Superman and you can't fly enough, fast enough to reverse the earth atmosphere or rotation or whatever there. You can't do it. But you can release it. And let it go. Just let it go. Are you going to allow them to steal it this year is the question. You don't have to, but you will unless you let it go. Don't you think it's time to take back what God says is yours? The joy of the Lord is my strength. God will never take away your joy as long as you're following His path. But you can choose to give up your joy. But the joy of the Lord, yeah, they heard me. Yeah, they said some things. Yeah, they did some things. And it wasn't right. You're right. But the Lord, in the Lord, is where I find my joy. Can I have an amen? amen. All right, very good. You're with me. Almost finished. Hang on. I suppose all of us have junk in our life that we can live without. The question is, are we willing to let it go? Let me give you an example. How many of you are like me in this room? How many of you have a two-car garage and can only get one car in it besides me? Anybody honest? I think somebody's not raising their hand because you've got a two-car garage. You can't get one car in it. You might have a motorcycle in there somewhere, but you can't find it. I was over to Mike and John's the other day, not too long ago, and man, they're... they're, they're 
their garage, I said, Mike, how you do, his garage looked like this, I mean, it's just clean, pristine. Do you ever park your car in here? Because it's just beautiful. When, they come, when he comes to my house, I don't even open a garage door. <laughs> what, so what's the point there? Maybe I can make this happen. I want to say that that can happen to us spiritually speaking. Spiritually speaking, we can store things up in us that roots out the goodness of what God wants for us. The spiritual growth that he longs for you and me to have. You may live in an immaculate home, but your mind may be filled with too much stuff if you know what I'm talking about. I believe that's one reason, just one reason, why Romans chapter 12, verse number 2 is given to us. It says these words, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Stop. Do not conform any longer. What's that saying? For the longest of time, your pattern has been the world. You have let the world shape you is what it's saying to me. Do do not conform any longer. Meaning daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, you've allowed the world to conform you to the world's way. But be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Why does he say that? Well, there are many reasons. Because in your minds there are these storage compartments, I believe. And in these compartments, just like they're in a house, it's what we put in those storage rooms. And if we store up too much of the world's stuff, it's impossible for us to grow spiritually, to receive what it is that God has for us. He's saying, I'm trying to put something in you, but there's no more room. Quit this and allow me to put in what I desire to put in you. Clean the garage out and let the stuff that doesn't make you better go. And watch how much better your year is this year. Just try it. Just give it a shot. Just, it's like the memory in, the, in your computer you, or your phone. you got to move something out or get more memory. And allow God to fill your life. Perhaps that's the brand new thing that God wants you to see this year. Is that if I empty something out, God's going to give me something good. God, I'm emptying this out of my life because I know your plan for me is a good plan. I know that you have something better for me than this stuff that I've been hanging on to. That it's been hurting me and it's been hurting my family. It's been hurting our relationship, but it's been hurting my relationship with you, God. And today I am going to let it go. And I'm going to let you do a brand new thing in my life. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The old is gone. The new has come. 2 Corinthians 5. You can have that as often as you want or as seldom as you like. Do you know that? You can have a brand new as often as you like. Think about that. You can have a brand new as often as you like or as seldom as you wish. He wants us to bear fruit, there is no doubt. You know, fruit can only keep for so long. You don't believe it, put a banana on your table and leave it for a month. 
In other words, the old is gone, but there's something new. It's, this is the season. This is our season. This is our time. You're going to hear football teams saying that on you know, the playoffs. And all. This is our time. This is our time. But it's not a coach telling you that. It's not a quarterback telling you that. It's God telling us there's a brand new thing that I have for you every day. Rise and shine. Get up. Get after it. Claim it. Be a part of it. And let that other stuff go. A quarterback, when he's out there and he throws an interception, the first thing he has to do, the first thing he has to do is forget about it. And if he can't forget about it, he's not a good quarterback and never will be. And God has called us to do the same thing in our lives. Let the past go. If you don't make room for God to light your light, you can't light the world up. How many of you, last question, we're in it. How many would, of you would like to see something wonderful happen spiritually for yourself or your family this year? Half? Dude, I'm just, hey, hallelujah. Right? It's okay. You raise your hand in church. Some people, no, I can't do that. It's like, whatever. We want something for our family. But listen closely. Do you have the right attitude to see that happen? Is your attitude right to see that happen? Is God first in your life? First. Not almost first. Kind of first. First on some days. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? Because if you're outside of Christ, you can't even have it. Because you're not His child. He loves you, but you're not His child. Step into his kingdom, you become his child. Blessings are there if you do what God tells you to do. Is Christ truly the Lord of your life? The Lord of your life simply means, what is it that you have for me to do today, Lord, and I will go do it. And when God tells you to go do it, you go do it. That's the Lord of your life. It's not, God, tell me what you want me to do. And if I get around to it, that's what you tell your parents. Or teenagers often do. They may not say it, but that's kind of what they do, don't they? God doesn't play that game. Are you willing to change what you know that you can change and are able to change? That's a big one there. And another one would be, and we may address some more next week, are you trusting the Lord for the things that you cannot change and allowing yourself to give it over to Him? I can't change this moment, but God, you are still God today. You are still in control. You have lost no power. And I give it to you because in you, all things can be done. Outside of you, I can do nothing. So remember, God stands willing if you stand ready. Do you stand ready is the question, isn't it? To grow spiritually this year. Our God is a great and mighty God. God never forget. Listen to this. Never forget that He loves you. Never forget that this great mighty God that holds the universe in the palm of His hand loves you. Longs for you to have success. A brand new thing. Can you see it? So today, maybe you have 
the heart that feels as though they need a prayer today, concern today, hurt today, pain today, a release today, baptism today, asking for forgiveness today. God stands ready. If you will stand willing, would you come? You come right now as together we stand and sing. Would you please?